Good evening, and welcome to a spinoff of KVBL Radio. Coming to you and Monday night, about 13 hours before Sim 5 and the All-Star Sim. Just want to touch base. I know that Goulette did a podcast doing, you know, kind of a, a look back at, at what's going on in the first four Sims, you know, how things are kind of shaking out. And I know that in the chat we've been talking about, you know, is this Kings team going to get to the record? And I kind of started to sift through and I was going back and forth with Goulet and talking about, you know, the different <coughs> things that are needed to, to beat the Kings team the way it's constructed. And, you know, I I thought for just for fun and people can bash on me if I get it wrong, but the, the teams with the best chance to take down the Kings. Um. All right, so the things that are needed to beat the Kings, obviously you need to be able to score with them. They average about 115 a game. They have two scores at 30, and then Trow is at 21. Um, you need to be able to get them in foul trouble. The, you know, the in their two losses, yeah, you know, small sample size, they got into a a lot of foul trouble. You see a lot of their guys didn't play a ton of minutes. If you can get into their bench, their bench isn't awful. Franson, Baker, and and Rugens, I think, are the three that get the most minutes. You know, but they're not. If they have to play upwards of 20, 25 minutes, you know, that's not a good... I guess Baker is playing 26 minutes, but that's not... You know, you don't want Franson playing 26, 27 minutes. He's playing 14. So that means that Devine and Trauber are staying on the court. Um, his big man rotation of Jodson with Tucci and Baker, he has, I mean, Tucci's averaging over four fouls a game, but it's not really killing him because then Baker comes in. <clears throat> so being able to get them in foul trouble, specifically Divine, and if you can find a way to get Trauber in foul trouble, although he seems to be a low foul player, um, that would be one way to just take off their, you know, because with Divine, you're getting not just the points, but he passes, he steals. So getting him off the court is, you know, would be the number one priority. So that's one of the things I looked at. Number two would be you have to be able to defend two of the three scorers at a relatively high rate. You know, you're not going to stop Jodson and Divine, but what you can do is slow them down enough where, you know, instead of them shooting 50 two percent or whatever they shoot now you know maybe they shoot 45 you know their scoring comes down and then there's a chance and then the third thing is you have to be able to score on them and their defense is tops in the league so finding any sort of mismatches you know their their defense one through nines are solid across the board i mean prince isn't great but again there's not a ton of scoring point guards around the league divine's nothing special but his steals make up for it and then you know Trauber is not locked down but seven eight four nine with 90 steel and then you have Baker Tucci and Jodson all you know with nine PD Baker and Tucci have a bunch of other defensive one through nines that just make them hard to score on so I started looking around and there really isn't much that have all three obviously there's teams that have everything so I'm not going in any particular order. I found five or six teams that have the best chance. Um, you look at the Celtics, 
and obviously this is just this would be a finals appearance so I'm not even know I don't know what if they can get to the finals but you know you start looking at their team they have two two scorers um they have some def- defense but I just I don't think that they have enough scoring that can really overcome what the Kings can do Sandin who how you I don't know whatever Goulet was saying today but you know they're phenomenal he's shooting you know great from the floor sand is doing his thing and it's just it seems like they're one player away from being you know the favorite in Landros I don't know if that one player is out there I don't know if there's a, a trade to be made that can even get there but even like this team can throw you know the nine PD of Hugh and then you know he has PJ who I think can play center you know as a backup to to Hugh to throw out Jodson then he can put Khan who has the 8856 against either of the wings and then Marsh is 9666 so he can defend in a variety of ways um you know however he would do his starting lineup so Sand would obviously you know be able to feast if you played him at point guard and played him on Prince. It would just be a different route to go. I don't think that's what he's doing now because Marsh isn't starting. So Van Axel is starting, and I just think that against the Kings, he would have to go a different way. I know that, you know, we don't want to talk about matchups in general, but I just, especially for playoffs, but I don't even know if LGC will listen to this. Also, if he does... I wasn't trying to rip on you in the the GM rankings. It was just, you know, what I saw in front of me. Uh, The next team with a chance. Uh, Can't not talk about bubbles. If he gets to the finals, he's not a team. First of all, he knows how to DC probably up there with any of them. So he'd be able to find the perfect matchups. But he has the guys he can rotate in at center, at power forward that, you know, can score. Well, I guess just Albright, but Willis. And then they will slow down the pace on the Kings. So the Kings will get less possession. So if they shoot worse, presumably, you know, and that means they score less. And then if the Bucks can shoot to their what their rating is, I mean, they're shooting 40% as a team from three and taking over 20 shots a game from three. So, you know, if they can contis- consistently do that, and then slow down other teams, slow down the pace so there's not as many possessions in a game, you know, that's one way to do it, especially with McCoyle. He's averaging 3.6 steals. Jesus Christ. So I think that what he will lack, though, is just overall scoring. You know, he has a nice balanced team, but his leading scorer is Albright and you know he played he's playing 35 minutes a game he's scoring 18.5 but he has a bunch of guys that just you know like Gulai has talked about in the past they're just not overly high usage so if the Kings get up I just don't don't know how the Bucks would be able to come back just because they don't have that that volume that can shoot them back into a game at a consistent basis All right, I'm trying to make this quick. I know that we sometimes have these two-hour pods. Um, 
onto the 76ers. Uh, I've I've been talking for a while. I think that this team is a team more made for the regular season than the playoffs. I just think that, you know, they're giving up 110 on average. And I just think that's a high average when they're playing, you know, you play teams like my team, like the Cavs, like the Grizz, like, you know, even the Rockets consistently. You know, if you're giving up 110, that means you're giving up at times 120 and obviously at times 100. But when you're giving up that much and then the the regulars in the postseason when you can switch your matchups around and, you know, maybe move a guy from shooting guard to small forward because his, his defense is better for whoever is there, you know, I think that makes a difference. Now, Bjornsson is an absolute stud, and that's one of the reasons that 76ers would have a chance. He, he can score with them alone, let alone the uh, three other guys he has averaging over 20 points a game. It's impressive that, you know, he gets more out of McDavid than I think anybody else has. Let's see. He scored 25 a game last year, so he's down from that. But he's shooting the same percent. But he just, he doesn't have the defensive one through nine to really slow down a team like the Kings. It, yeah, I mean, if you look through, none of his wing guys are overly amazing defensively. He starts Uvenin, Uvenin. You know, at one of the wing positions, but his defense is six four five four. That's going to get eaten up by either Divine or Trauber. Bjornsson is a. I mean, for as great as he is in offense, you know, he doesn't have the nine PD. Um, he doesn't have any steals. He blocks a little bit, but he's not. They just don't seem to turn the ball over enough either to really make it a difference. Cook gets you know, four steals a game, and that's 40% of their steals. It's just I don't know that that is the team that because of their defensive limitations that can take down not only the Kings, but, you know, you get into a, a grind it battle with the Bucks, you know, and if you can't stop the Bucks and the Bucks can stop you, that's, you know, that's not fit for anything good for them. So I think that that's something that, you know, moving forward they're going to have to after the season, look into finding a way to to make their defense better. I know they're young and they're still progressing, but it's going to have to be something that has to be addressed eventually. All right, on to the Hornets. Fallwall's having a really, really weird year. He's shooting 30% from three. You know, he shot 33% last year. I guess it's not that far off. It's averaging about the same. It's just, I don't know. You know, for a team to lose this much after how how good they've been, it's sometimes, it, you know, it is tweaking the the lineup, even though it's the same lineup he had. But I, I do think after I, I've gone through all these teams, they probably have the best chance. Um, they have the guys that can score with them. They have between Doyle, Falwell, Wentz and Lasecki. They have four guys um, that score at a, I guess Lasecki. Lasecki and Chow don't really score at a great clip, but, you know, Doyle will destroy Prince. That'll be a, a matchup that, you know, you can't really get anywhere else. I think he's the best point guard that the Kings might come across. Um, Wentz can slow down Jodson. 
Lasecki has the 9DD, so that can slow down Divine. Um, I mean, Chow's 1 through 9's on Diev, obviously, slip, but he still has a steal, so he can slow down Trauber. Like, this is a team that, again, would, in my opinion, be the best matchup against the Kings on paper. Uh, we know that Fallwell has the, the 9DO. I mean, his defense isn't great, but he against the Kings, he wouldn't be going up against any sort of offense. The Kings have two guys with um, some drive defense, so they can slow Fallwell down a little bit. But again, you know, I don't think Baker would start, but Tucci and Baker, you know, might be able to slow him down a little bit. It is funny, though. You look through some of these teams, and I just I can't figure out why this team's not better. I mean... They don't. They're not shooting the three as well, and mostly. I mean, Fallwell has taken the third most threes, and he's shooting thirty percent. And then Chowski, who's taken the most, is shooting just under thirty four. So I, I see why, but it's you know, based on they're just taking a lot. That Fallwell number is just a lot for what his his usage is, and I know that he's probably set to two OI. I don't have all that up, but I wonder if there's a way to to change that. You know, get him a little, get somehow get Doyle to shoot a little bit more. I mean, his ratings are 33%. He's shooting close to 41 as a point guard. That's just unheard of. Normally, it's the other way around. Normally, it says 41%. He shoots 33. Um, his bench is weak. I mean, having to use Cool off the bench, that just can't be winning. His, you know, his ratings have dipped. His D isn't there anymore. You know, he still has a nine oh oh, but he just I mean he's shooting thirty six percent from two, thirty one thirty one percent from three and thirty six percent overall. Um in fifteen minutes a game. You know, if he can upgrade that spot and just give a few extra better minutes, even if it's defensive minutes, especially, you know, if you look towards the Kings or even the seventy sixers, um, that's a team that, you know, going towards the playoffs, going towards matchups, the defense will matter. But in my opinion, this is the best team moving forward um, that can beat the Kings. Now, again, I, that's what we would have said going into last year's playoffs after the King, and they lost in the first round. So, again, I could be just spinning bullshit, but I was bored tonight, so I figured I'd do a pod. All right, and then the last Landros team I'm going to talk about is the Pacers, just because I don't want to hear about it from... Uh, Christy or whatever his new name is. Um, if Mayor could play shooting guard, I think they'd have a better chance. I just Banner Banner Bannerman is gonna get destroyed. I'm not a fan. Um, not having a point guard to be able to take advantage of Prince would kill him. And then I just think that there's not really. DeLouis's been good for them, though, at least. He at least will pass and get everybody else involved. But Dins doesn't play that great for him, it seems. I just don't know that he has the offensive firepower to stay with them. You know, outside of Cromwell and Mayor, you know, I just don't see consistent points on this team. He has Bingham shooting, scoring 14 a game with... You know, his low usage is is nice. But I just think that they would have trouble scoring in a seven-game series with them. 
There, I included you, Creasy. You can't be mad. Uh, all right, getting on to Maynard. Um, talk about the Sonics. I mean, they beat him last year, and they beat him. You know, I talked to Mike in the off season, and I'm not gonna divulge what he said he did wrong, but he he knows what he did with his DC. He knows what he wants to do to fix it. Um, knowing that Evans is shooting guard only, you know, that's a fun offensive matchup against Divine. He's the kind of guy that can get Divine in foul trouble, which happened last year in the playoffs. Um, his D1 through 9s aren't amazing, especially at the drive, but, you know, they're passable at least. Evans is the kind of guy that can almost at any game zero out Divine because of the FTA and the three points. So if he gets a few extra threes up and makes them, you know, his his points can, in a given game, zero out um, Divine. Fair destroyed Trauber last year, uh, and he only got better. You know, his offense isn't amazing by any stretch, but last year we looked at box scores, and he got to the line like 11 or 12 times in one of the playoff games last year, and his FTA is low. So, you know, was it the usage? Was it the pace of the game? You know, I, I didn't dive that much into it because I was just happy that the Kings lost. But Mike had asked me to take a look to see what he fucked up on. Not that I'm, you know, know-it-all, but that's, you know, he asked. So I, I did some digging, and there were some games where they just had some weird box scores. Like, Frere has gotten the free throws, and he shot really well in the playoffs last year, which is weird because Trow has high D. But... You know, he sh- I, I don't know what he shot. I don't have the numbers, but I just remember thinking that that was really high. So um, if you have a non-point power forward, like if your power forward isn't good, it's not going to kill you against the Kings because it's not like they have an offensive juggernaut there and him playing Reed there isn't going to kill him even though his defense isn't there. Um, White may be able to slow down Jodson a little bit. He has the post D and then he has blocks. Um, his FTA isn't high enough to really get Judson in foul trouble, but at least it's something. Um, I don't know that they have a chance because I think just that the Kings got better, and I don't know that this team is the best team out there, but I do think that they are, you know, a threat, especially after they did it last year, and Omar clearly has a DC that works against them. I don't think that the Warriors can, but I'm just kind of going through the list, the top in each co- in each division. Um, he traded Faison today, which, you know, isn't anything all that amazing. I, I, you know, I think he's a solid big, but he's a big that, you know, does a lot of things that a lot of other bigs do. Come here, buddy. Come on. Hi. Sorry. So I just... I don't think that they have the scoring outside of Cruz consistently to really stay with them in any sort of shootout. Um, you know, their point differential keeps climbing. It was four, then five. Now it's seven. But I just don't I don't see that. Uh, I'll touch on the, the Knicks just because I know that Andre really likes these podcasts. Um he has a point guard that can take advantage of Prince, but he doesn't really have the defensive one through nines consistently to beat them. Like 
his wings will not, they'll get torched. If he's starting bricking in Matthews, they will get eaten alive by by both Trauber and, and Divine. You know, Danville probably slows down Jodson a little bit, but I think that overall they would get, you know, I know he has the last win over them, but I think he would get, get run out of the gym. I know he added Stu, so maybe Stu starts over Brick, and that's a little bit better. But again, you know, overall, I just they they one don't have the scoring, and two, I don't think that they have the the one through nines on D to to match up. Let's see, Hawks, Blazers, Heat. Don't need to talk about them. Um, touch on the Nets quick. Nets have three scorers. You know, they presumably can score with them, but let me see. Their games with the, the Kings haven't been close. I just, I don't think they can stop them. Even Glenn's not, you know, a great defender right now. He's starting what, AGS at the, the three, the two. You know, his one through nines aren't phenomenal. They're not going to shut down the Kings, and the Kings can at least slow down the Bailey Silva combo with Jobson and Tucci and Baker. I think that's what's overlooked is just the defense that they throw out consistently. They all have high one through nines outside of point guard in the Kings that, you know, you really need a high quality team to take advantage of that. And I just don't think that the Nets at this point have that. Uh, Suns. I don't, I said this, you know, when I did the GM ranking and, you know, I was looking towards the season. I don't like the roster. I know they traded for Bo. I just, you know, I think they are what they are. I think that, you know, they have Easy and then they have Bommel at point guard and Bommel backs up shooting guard. Like, he's getting points. Bommel is his second leading scorer. I know he started 20 games, but that. You know, he's not the guy that that he's gonna want being your second leading scorer. Curious to see. I didn't look to see what it looked like. Like this team on paper, like Bamo might be able to help them score with the Kings. And Garza has some D. I wonder who he's gonna start. Let's see. Go easy. Garza, Myberg. Myberg's a fun little player. I, you know, he's a guy that I talking to. Goulette, Goulette doesn't necessarily like the guy because he's, he might not be super efficient. You know, he's not nearly as good as Sugar, but he has some of the D1 through 9s. He has his steals, passes a little bit. So, you know, he's a fun matchup for the Kings. He's probably better against the Vine than Trow, but it, it doesn't really much matter. I think Garza can play ball, so they can swap around. It's all, you know... I just, I really don't think they can score enough. I think that Mass, loose, I don't know, Granatus, whatever his name is, he can slow down Jodson, but I don't think that they have the free throws to really put them into to foul trouble consistently, you know, game to game. Yeah, the Suns might take a game or two. I just, I think that to take four against them, you really need the right balance. I just don't think the Suns have that. Um, and I'd be curious... I'd I'd want to run the numbers, but I would I would be curious if Bommel started and, 
and you had easy off the bench, what that would do to their team. I know he likes to steal that easy. He is getting five a game. It's hard to bench that, but I think that the points from Bombwell just adds a different dimension to this team. So I, I, I know that Z likes to get stuck in his way, so I know that he'll start easy when he's healthy, and he'll start Bombwell when he's not, and that'll be that. But I would make the argument that it would be fun to see a sim with Bombwell and Easy healthy and Bombwell starting, and then sliding over to you know, back up the two, and you can still get easy a bunch of minutes off the bench. Um, the addition of of Beaumont's fun, you know, I don't know how that's going to mess up any of their chemistry shooting. I haven't gone through, so that's something I'll do before the next sim. But they're a team that can be frisky, but I just don't see them as being like a full-on problem for the Kings. Um, the Thunder... Thunder can score with them. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Somebody, you know, Bradley would get absolutely eaten in any matchup with Jodson, but then he has Yard off the bench. Uh, Wagstaff might have a field day, not a field day on Tucci, but he'll win the Tucci matchup. But it's not like his defense hurts him against the Kings, which is a you know, net positive for the Thunder in general. Rafi's just an absolute stud, but his defense isn't there yet, and I think that that at the end of the day would come back to haunt him. I think Trauber versus him would be a fun little matchup at the small forward. Um, I assume McCants would probably start uh, against Devine, and he at least has the steals on one through nines. You might not stop him, but instead of him averaging 30, maybe he averages 25, and there's the five-point difference. And then we know the love-hate relationship with Pang. Um, his offense is there. Maybe by the end of the season, Gulak tries, or figures out how to like tune him down so he's not shooting so much, so that you know, Wags and Rafi can shoot a little bit more. And even Bradley, if Bradley shoots better on this team with the passing, you know, find a way to get Pangborn not shooting more. And, you know, they're a threat just because they can really score with them. They they can defend Divine a little bit. But all in all, and his DCing is with Bubbles and Axe as far as what he is willing to do with his team. He's willing to take a chance and play a guy that, you know, maybe nobody else will or, you know, a setting that nobody would think of. So it's just, it, it would be, that would be a team that if I'm the Kings, I'm worried about just for the pure fact that clearly they can score with them as they're averaging 116. But they, again, like Gula has said in multiple podcasts, they're like the 76ers. I don't know that they have the high-end defense to really stay with them in a seven-game series. All right, last but not least, um, the Clippers. I think in Maynard, this might be the best team to go against them, and it's for the pure fact you have Sugar and Stingley, both phenomenal wing defenders uh, to kind of slow down Divine and um, the other guy, uh, Trow. And then... I don't really know his rotation moves so much. He's got flu- a lot of fluidness there, but he starts Ajan, who, let me see. He has a 9 PD. He's a massive rebounder, which will give him a, a nice little advantage. Um, and then he has Zampa, who 
you know, his defense isn't great, so that would be the question, you know. Maybe he starts him at power forward against Tucci, hopes that Tucci doesn't really kill him so that Ajan can defend Jotson a little bit. You know, maybe he gets, he's the guy that can slow them down, I think, the most out of anybody in Maynard. Um, can he get enough scoring? You know, that's a different question because the Kings do defend, so it's not like they're just giving up buckets everywhere. You know, if, if Divine can slow down Shiger or, you know, if Chal, I think Chal would be the key. I think he'd be the guy that would need to win that series if they can slow down Divine and Trow and Jodson enough and Chal just goes off on Prince, who's the weakest of them. And, you know, Chal's weak defense doesn't really hurt them against Prince, who's not anything anymore. I mean, I think he's regressed considerably from where he was at his peak. And I know that Mike had said to me, he said he doesn't even like Prince, but there's really there was really not a ton of options out there this year. So he gave him that, I don't know, what he gave him, four years or five years at six or something or five years at eight or I don't know, whatever it was. So, yeah, it might have been an overpay because I think that the last three years of that contract, but, you know, like he said, he's going for it now. So he got the point guard he needed. I just I think that Chol could actually destroy him in that matchup. Um, all in all, like Crest said in the chat today, though, I, I think that the it'd be a shock at this point if the Kings didn't win. and it, Definitely if they didn't make the finals. Because I just think that Maynard is, as it's been saying all year, is a clusterfuck. He's up 16 games more or less halfway through the season. So, with that, you know, you assume maybe he wins, maybe he wins the conference by 24, 25 games. Like, it'd be, it'd be awful. It'd be absolutely dreadful for him if he lost. It would just, I, I don't even think it's fathomable with how well they're playing and that win streak that they're on, just the way that they're winning games. Their point differential is... 19 points a game almost. That's insane. He's first in field goal percentage, first in defense. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So we'll see moving forward. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I want to touch on. I was uh, bored and looking around, and I uh, figured I would do my first one by myself. So feel free to rip me in the chat. And as always, hope the Pacers lose in the first round. I'm out.